welcome back to the Dude Alliance podcast with your hosts, Alicia Solomon and Megan Hines, where we talk all things the challenge. Last week, we entered the Amanda show, and now we're back to regular programming because this is just how it's going to go. <laughs> but we went back from, we had good entertainment last week, and this week, it was okay entertainment, I would say, but it wasn't as good as last week. But this week, the aftermath of Amanda's animation win against Big T, and Coming back into the house, the Emerald team, none of the guys are really happy that Amanda is on the team. And Devin was like, yay, Amanda, in a very flat voice when they entered the house. And Amanda's like, y'all not gonna welcome me in with open arms. What's happening, guys? Yeah, this this drama wasn't it. I was not feeling this episode at all. And starting with Devin and him being on his high horse about how people are playing their games. Honestly, Amanda did what she felt was necessary to do for her to get to the final and win. And I just think between Devin and Josh and Casey having a little meeting about opening Amanda up, it's, it's just fake. They are just trying not to rock the boat. And honestly, the boat was already rocked because Amanda was able to infiltrate and get on you guys' team. So it wasn't nothing that she really could have done further that would interrupt the flow that they already had. So I just think that this episode was just so, just whatever. Yeah, it was all over the place. And like Amanda said, like they have to learn how to work with her because she's here. She ain't going nowhere for time being. And yeah. So next up, Tori popped up with her Ruby teammates. She wore a red cape. I don't know where she got it from. A red bandana. She was all red to have a conversation with her new Ruby teammates. And she was very hopeful for the trajectory of her team. She was like, every team needs a superhero, but I'm not one. But I want to fake it till I make it. And I'm like, we'll just see. Because she's a good competitor, but it's like... They keep losing every single week, so this should be interesting. Tori is unfunny. The scene was bland, and this team is just full of misfits that we don't know if it's going to work or not, but we know. Because Kyle was like, you've been on Ruby for five minutes. You've been here for five challenges. This is hell. So buckle up, because it's going to be a wild ride. And then Josh and Amanda had a conversation about her move, whatever, and just moving forward. She was like, I'm here for the money, obviously. And she and Josh tried to tell her that she needs to go running with him because that's what him and Tori did. And man is like, well, Tori may have that, but like I'm a much better strategic player in this game. And that's what you also need from me because you also need me for helpful checkpoints. Those are pivotal in finals. And Hammer's the point home is like, all the guys are still very worried about what Amanda brings to the challenges, but she has proven herself. So it's like, y'all just gotta like let it go and just move forward and try and work with her. She is a good teammate. Folk just gotta just let it go. So Tori and TT, they had a conversation for the workout montage and they're talking about the possibility of helping one another out to take down the Emerald team and this next daily because it is time for either Sapphire to get another win or Ruby to get their first win this season. And when they're talking about this, I'm like, I don't know how this will go because it's Ruby and then it's just the dogs on Sapphire. So I'm like, I don't know. I just found it funny that CT finally had someone who 
he felt like could plot with him because the whole time that they've been running around, they've just been trying to plot on rookies. And so finally we get to a gameplay where it's like they're going against the vets and trying to get one another out. But y'all should have been doing this because there's literally three people on his team currently. I don't understand what took him so long or anyone so long, honestly, to try to go after that team. But it is what it is. I just think it's funny that he teamed up with her because that's the last person that I want to look to. But they have a common enemy, which is the Emerald team now. Yeah. And so going into the daily mission, this is called Boom Raiders. And each team will begin at the respective bunkers that is connected by the trenches. And they have to race through the trenches to steal the opponent's dynamite. And they have to do it one stick at a time. So it'll be one person from each team trying to get a dynamite and go back to their stations. And they have to collect at least 20 of the dynamites. And then once they get back to their stations, they can hit a detonator and everything will go poop. And they win the daily and become the agency. Emmy was like, how am I supposed to go against five girls? And TJ was like, that's your problem. That's not mine. You got to figure it out. <laughs> That's honestly production's problem, but that's just weird to me that she had to, I mean, Emmy is big, don't get me wrong, like she can clearly take people on, but why is she going up against five different people? That makes no sense. Yeah, like, like I feel like Nani didn't do it, but I, I don't know. I feel like I didn't see Nani really get in the trenches, but I realized like I mainly saw Casey and Amanda in there, but I don't think I saw Nani like that. So Sapphire and Ruby, the game plan is to go against Emerald in this daily. And Tori is very fired up and she wants everybody to be shaken up for what she's about to bring to this challenge. But like this promise, <laughs> we have a whole football player in Casey that's on Emerald that is going to trek you at one point. So you doing all this rah-rah <laughs> and you might get trucked. I'm just letting you know, you, you, you look a competitor, but there's someone on the other side who's smaller like Casey trucked her at the end but ma'am you were barking the whole time and for what that's what Tori does she barks and then she gets bitten or she loses and now it's everybody else's fault but hers like that's just Tori's MO so the guys that went first because it was like done in I think four rounds I want to say and Emmanuel was really a speedster throughout that first round because like he ran past Kyle and I think it was CT yeah and he managed to get the bomb and ran back quickly to his bunker and this is where things got weird because Kyle ended up going to Sapphire's bunker instead of Emeralds like the plan was and CT and Logan they were pissed off. I don't know what he was doing I'm sorry Kyle tried to say it was a mistake and you know in all accounts I would try to give Kyle a benefit of the doubt if if I don't know who Kyle already is. Kyle is pretty much a snake that will smile in your face and then do some shit afterwards so it's it's hard for me to believe that Kyle didn't know what he was doing but just the simple fact that he actually did it it was like damn you can't even keep your word for two seconds and the whole screaming back and forth between the three teams in particular just CT and Logan and then Josh decided to jump in it's like you're not even in this like mind your fucking business but whatever CT and Logan were just so upset and Nelson and Tori trying to cop a plea for Kyle it's just a mess but 
bottom line is Kyle knew what he was doing. I, I can't even cave for Kyle and say that Kyle knew otherwise. Kyle is just one of them people that I just can't. Yeah, like he truly the agent of chaos, whether it is by mistake or intentional. And someone said, welcome to Kyle's game, because this is what he does, like, every single time. It's just happened to bite him in the ass, because now there's a target on him. And then being a whole trickle down into the rest of the challenge, because now everybody's like, okay, bet, noted, we're going to go for Ruby and take all their dynamites, because we just want to get them out at, at this point. And so next up, it was like the girl's turn, and Casey was ready to put the paths to use during her time to go. Because at this point, instead of targeting Emerald, everybody was like, okay, we're just going to go and grab Ruby's stuff and just do that. This of that, Tori got bum-rushed. I don't think it was by, I feel like when I looked at it, it looked like Casey bum-rushed her a little bit off the top. But that wasn't like the big hit until like the end. And then Amanda managed to dodge Tori. And Tori's like, this is the person y'all wanted to replace me on Emerald. Like, she jumped into the trenches and just, like, tried to dodge me. This is the person you wanted? Tori. And I know I saw Amanda write this on social media. Tori had roid range, as in steroid range. This girl was fucking ridiculous. Like, Amanda did her best to not even connect with you to not even interact with you and you go out of your way like an idiot and just bum rush the girl for what reason like she wasn't even coming after you you just felt the need to have to hit somebody which okay beat up on somebody that's smaller than you weird flex okay but she's just a fucking weirdo bro like this girl is so weird and she's just like this is who you guys wanted to, to beat me out to girl shut up like she won fair and square to get your spot move the fuck on i don't understand her problem like she's a weirdo this girl is a fucking weirdo bro like i can't with her <laughs> like she was looking mad crazy and amanda took a bit of decision and said i'm just gonna you know sideswap and try and get out the way but tori was being weird just had to try and hit her but like girl just stop then like Devin ended up questioning why his friend and tori cut a deal to go against his team and basically expected Tori to like still have some of their backs, even though like now she's on Ruby. And that's where the Devin issue came out. This is also where I have an issue with Devin because it's like, bro, no one can't be just thinking about themselves at this point. I get that you thought that she was going to have your back at some point. And that whole stupid little plan that she had mentioned earlier about, oh, how if we go to somebody else's team, we can try to throw challenges and those kind of foolishness. That's just not happening. Like, cut that shit out. Devin has to understand that he's being very selfish at this time. And I'm a person who actually likes Devin and how he moves in the game. I would say not outside of the game, but in the game. But he's just so selfish and he's so one-track minded this whole time that it's just blowing mind because why wouldn't she try to get the people who have the most on their team out? That makes sense. Like if she's on the team, it's one thing. But now that she's going against y'all, clearly she sees the disadvantages that there is. That's it. Like if if y'all have numbers and there's more over here, we're going to try to take y'all out. That's just the bottom line. And with it being a guy's day, she is trying to do her best to protect both Nelson and Kyle. And then it is in the being a shouting match between her, Devin, and Josh. And I'm moment, I get the frustration, but just seeing her bucking up at both of them, just her getting so angry and just yelling back and forth from my girl. You don't need this argument like through here. Y'all could do that afterwards, but it was just funny just to see her buck up at, at them. And this is the problem happened where the show has people who are friends competing against each other because it's not 
making any sense on why that they should protect each other like at some point y'all gonna have to go against each other so stop trying to protect each other it's coming down to the wire like y'all gotta choose yourselves y'all can't just be like oh this is my friend outside of the house Uh uh-uh it's not gonna work anymore yeah because like at the end of the day it's gameplay and then there's your actual real life you're playing for i forget the pot but you're playing for a big pot of money at some point it's getting down to the wire The final, it it seems like it's near on episode 15. It's very near. So at this point, you got to do what you got to do for yourself. And that's that. Once we got to like the next guy's round, Josh was very fired up even more. And he was like game time motherfucker. And Kyle was in that same little group to go. And he was so ready to really get physical with Kyle. He managed to do so. I was shocked that he actually bulldozed crowd in the trenches and they're tussling. Not for nothing. Yeah, those girls like to tussle. I know them girls like to tussle, <laughs> but not for nothing. Josh has been in shape this season and especially in the latter part of the season. This episode in particular, we saw Josh working out and trying to make his his physical stature more known in the game. And so I respect that from Josh because for the last couple of seasons, he's, well, not even the last Every time I see him, he's questionable. So this season, I can give him that. Like, he's in shape. He's doing what he needs to do to win. But, I mean, I don't know. Josh is big. I I feel like Josh is one of those people, to me, like, he'd be big for no reason because he don't be doing nothing with it. So now the fact that he's in shape and he can do something with it, it's like, all right, bro, I see you. But, yeah, it's still Josh. Yeah, so all while everybody was yelling at each other and just going at it, that's why I managed to get like most of the dynamites into a station. And there only need like only at least two more. And it came down to the last girls heat. And at this point now, folks were like, okay, hey, Ruby and Emerald, they had to try their best to not get Sapphire to get the last two. So in the last girls heat, it was really Emmy, Casey, and Tori going at it. And Tori decided to trash talk and get loud again. And Casey was like, Tori may have to use size on me. She's a good competitor and stuff, but she has no idea how crazy I am, like what I bring to the table like that. And this is the moment that we saw in the previews a lot. This is when Casey really trucked Tori in the trenches. <laughs> and that was a hard hit. And I was laughing at that. I actually missed the hit watching it, but... Tori talks, like, again, Tori talks a lot of shit and can't back it up most times. So, and for as much shit as I give Casey, Casey is in her best physical shape. So I feel like she probably is best matched to go against Tori if they had to do a one-on-one physical challenge. Tori got her head knocked off. That's it. Yeah, Amanda was like, when you play stupid games, you you win stupid prizes. (laughs) And like, Tori, you just got knocked out. I'm sorry, but you did. After they got the dynamite and they're going back, Casey once again knocked Tori down. And then Emmy just had like a smooth run back to her station. And she put the last dynamite in there in a bit kaboom as well. And Sapphire won this daily. And like we said, Kyle messed this up again for Ruby's. It's like the second time, I want to say, that Kyle has ruined Ruby's chances of winning or at least being in the conversation for taking it but they really weren't going to take it like that and Nelson is very pissed off that Kyle you can't follow directions any instructions that's it and Sapphire really became the agency of only three players 
Which is ridiculous to say because you would think that Emma would still win with them having six people and the whole plan of Sapphire and Ruby trying to get Emma out. And somehow, in some way, Sapphire won. I really, I still don't even remember how it all the way happened that way because except for Kyle's fuck up, what were they doing on Emerald? I, I really don't understand for them to even not still win. Like they let Sapphire win with three people and the three strongest people in the house, Emmy, Logan, and CT. The fact that y'all was busy arguing back and forth about who did what, who's playing here, who's doing this, and y'all let that team win. Honestly, I don't want to hear nothing else from Emerald and how they're the best thing on earth because y'all really not. Y'all let a three-team man people beat y'all and y'all got like 75 people. Get out of my face. The only person I like on Emerald is Amanda. She was just, just there. <laughs> I like that. But anyways, back at the house, Devin is very pissed off at Tori. They're talking outside and he was like very insistent of saying like, why aren't you like helping out us that has helped you throughout this whole time? And Tori is like, Okay, I'm on this team with Ruby now. I'm trying to do my best to now protect Tech Nelson and Kyle because one of them is going to probably go in. And then obviously Kyle had his little moment and that messed up their chances. And Devin's like, well, you got tricked by Kyle. Devin is just really mad that Tori is talking in circles, kind of changing the story. And it's just like, why are you yelling at this girl for doing what she was supposed to do for a team? Honestly, I'm not choosing sides with either of these people. I don't care about Tori's tears. I don't care about Devin and what side he was on. The only argument that Devin even had was that she flipped and tried to go in against Emerald, which at that point, what can she do? If it's damage she do, damage she don't. If she tries to help Devin, Josh, and whoever else, Emmanuel, all of her favorite people on that one team, then her teammates looking at her crazy. If she don't help her teammates, they looking at her crazy. So honestly, the girl really didn't have no choice in what to do. And she felt like cutting a deal at the moment was the best for her. And Kyle fucked it up for her. So now she's really fucked. Because if Kyle didn't do that, Emma would have lost. And either one of Ruby or Sapphire would have won. She still would have had the argument with Devin. So I just feel like I just didn't need to tear from her. I really could care less. Like, I really didn't feel sympathetic about it. But she was really in a catch-22 situation. Like, she couldn't really do anything. Yeah. Her going to Kyle and crying on his arm. Like, please don't vote him in. Why would Kyle try to call out Devin and go in? Like, at the end of the day, like, Kyle and Devin are still friends. Kyle also has some type of loyalty to Devin. He's not doing that. So, Devin was already off the table. So, she like, they had to worry about that. The, the one- tears were unnecessary. <laughs> Kyle was looking at her like, girl, what are you crying about? Like, he was just like, okay, oh, okay, okay. And I'm looking at her, because what the fuck are you really crying about? Like, you sitting there crying about don't vote him in. Or, girl, like, take your loss and eat that. You don't gotta be doing all of this extra shit and because this is your friend. Like, y'all still gonna be friends outside of this. I guarantee it. It's not gonna change. It's a fucking game. Yeah. CT and Kyle, they also have a long conversation where it got loud because CT, you know, the Boston in him gets loud. CT told Kyle that he was very hard to defend with like Kyle's long list of actions that he's done. And CT was very disappointed in Kyle, but Kyle already knew that CT was going to most likely vote him in. So CT getting mad at him was doing the most. This argument was the pot calling the kettle black because both of these two be in the same boat. Kyle made it funny to me because he was looking at CT like, you can't be serious. We really are one of the same. Like, we talk about each other's families. 
you know, we connect every season and they really do. And it's the fact that CT every season is still talking to Kyle, still quote unquote, trusting Kyle in some way, but he already knows who Kyle is and what his MO is. CT tried to hype it up and I'm just really like, y'all really wasn't the same because I feel like CT did some snake shit last season too. It's really the popcorn and kettle black. Y'all both doing the same thing. CT was just trying to make it dramatic and trying to let other people listen into the argument about who to vote in and with Josh and listening. So it's just funny to me that they really argued like that because really it's no argument. Yeah, because CT said this to Kyle was like, your MO is, is to play both sides. And Kyle was like, CT does literally burst in him and does the same thing. This is literally why CT always skates to the final because like he's always in on one alliance, but then like on the low, he's also cool with somebody else on the other side. And it's like, okay, boom. It's like an unspoken thing. Like, okay, I'm cool with them, but... I'm also low-key reckoning with you. So, like, that's what CT did on World of the Worlds, like, one of those. And it's just, like, this is what we've seen of you as well. Like you said, it's a pot con and kettle black. Cal does his shit. He also owns it at times. CT owns it partially but doesn't address it like that. So it's just, it is what it is with him. And then in the midst of that whole argument and getting loud, it was Emmanuel and Josh and then, like, the girls are out there. Cal's options for him were, like, Emmanuel and CT was like, Emmanuel hasn't done anything to me, but I put him in. And then he was like, We also put in Josh because it's Josh, it's the goof. Like, you already know we're going to get with him. And at this point, like, every season, I feel like with them, they're friends, but then at some point, it's very convenient for them. At one point, someone's going to flip pop on one another. That's just how it is with both of them. The next day, Kyle is still baffled that CT said that they weren't friends like that. Devin said that it's clear that Sapphire is picking Kyle, but it's also very known that Kyle is it likes to do a card on who he would like to go against. So you never know whether he will pick Emmanuel or Josh or Nelson, one of the other three guys that were available because Devin's off the board. And at nominations, Emmanuel pleads his case saying that everything he's done was to help everybody on his team and also people in the agency because he's cool with CT. Emmy is his best friend and then Logan's just there. And then Josh said his piece and said the same thing. And he added that he would rather be the agency vote than have to be called out because he would be pissed off if he did get called out. And he said that would be better for his game overall. Who gives a fuck? Like, what was that going to do? Nothing. Because like, it's like, at the end of the day, Josh, you get called out anyways. Stop playing. Like, what are you going to do? You're not going to get physical because you can't. You're going to score on your left folk, and that's going to be unbearable. And then Devin said he would be upset and hurt if someone who is the agency's pick calls him out as well. And he went on to say that he had a hand basically helping folk out throughout this whole season in some sort of way. And Amanda was like, you haven't done shit for me and Kyle this whole season. And people were on social were like, Devin's acting like he's like the big banana. That's one of the tweets from this too. But like, he's like the top dog because his team is winning. But when it was partners, he wasn't doing shit. And that's the only issue with Devin this episode is Devin was pretty much wanting everybody to bow down to him and act like he was the big bad challenge god, like Abandon said. And it was like, it was not that. Like we all saw it and- you weren't a part of making everybody stay together. Like as much as you were the mastermind on your team, that was just your team up until that point. Mind you, we only been in teams for about five or six weeks now. We haven't even been in the teams for this whole season. So you can't just throw out like, oh, I made sure that you are good and you're good. Like, no, Devin, relax. I get it. 
you want to be west so bad but relax like you're not west you're not bananas calm it down yeah and then nelson they didn't want to be the agency vote but you know at this point if he gets called down to the lair it's okay to be selfish in a moment to have someone pick them because you know it is what it is i didn't say it's an individual game gotta do what you gotta do and then kyle apologized once again and he tried to use scare tactics to not be the vote by saying that he would call Emmanuel and then take Logan's spot. And Emmanuel, I think he had this issue of Kyle as well that was mentioned earlier when he was talking to Tori that he thinks that Kyle is scared of him. And I'm very confused and I'm like, I don't know. Because they all look like the same, on the same level. So I don't get why that's a notion. Emmanuel been sucking the blood of his girlfriend a little too much and they in La La Land with each other because where the fuck did he come up with that from? I have no clue. Like, Emmanuel, we don't even know you. I didn't even know you still on the show, to be honest. Like, where the fuck did you even come from? I'm not understanding. Like, you need to relax. No one is afraid of you. This whole vampire scheme that he's trying to pull, like, shut up, bro. Shut up. It's not working for you. Cut it the fuck out. You attached yourself to the wrong person and I didn't even remember you on the show low key. Like, no funny shit. I didn't even remember you were on this show. Like, the <laughs> fact that you even have parts of this episode, I'm like, bro, who is this man? <laughs> I didn't even know you were still here. People but, call him Jacob. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely Romanian Jacob over here because I didn't even know you were still on the show. But I felt bad for Kyle at that point because Kyle was just like in a situation where he put himself in that. He fucked up in the challenge. He doesn't have any friends that will really protect him that are on Sapphire. And the point of him threatening them before they even voted was funny to me because this whole time we've been saying week after week, like the threats seem to be working, but it really only worked for Amanda. Everybody else, it kind of flopped. And we saw this episode too, where it kind of flopped for Kyle because that didn't really work out for him. Yeah, because even CT said he called Kyle's bluff and said that he's like going to do anything to survive. Kyle's going to try and talk his way out of stuff. And sometimes it might work. Sometimes it's not today. Like he ended up being the compromised agent. I really wrote my notes like, surprise, surprise, Kyle's a compromised agent. And Amanda was giving him a nice little pep talk while they're still in there. Like, go in there. You know what you're fighting for. You're going to come back and just kill it. I forget who he was talking to, but he mentioned that like, his options were really going to be Emmanuel and Josh because he's not going to call out Devin. Him and Nelson are cool. They're, he's not going to do that to them either. And then right before the day departed to go to the lair, Josh is getting ready. And it, he somehow has Bessie's sock that allegedly he wore in the hall brawl against Kyle last season and Josh was like he's gonna get the same ass whooping he got from Fessy and I'm like okay honestly you just blew my mind because I had no clue that even happened in this episode <laughs> yeah are you joking <laughs> no it literally happened before they left he was getting ready he was like oh these are Fessy's socks and he roared them and then also, they have Fessy's face on the socks as well. Yo, okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Because I really didn't know that this happened. And the way that, is he fucking serious? Like, what? <laughs> as a grown man, you're going to take another grown man's sock to put it on a thing that's going to give you powers? Like, are you bow and like Mike? What is this? It's not like Mike. That's what I'm going to say. That it's is, not. <laughs> that is so weird. That is so weird. 
really going to judge. It's not going to give you some extra strength. It's really not. But yeah, that, that was just a funny one. People were like, okay, people were very like confused too. Like, why the hell he got socks with his face on it? And then two, Josh is, is very weird for putting them on. <laughs> and it's like, this is not computing. And then they get to the lair. And in his confessional, Josh, uh, Kyle already pulls out Devin and Nelson, like I said. And he notices a nation and tries to figure out what it's going to be. And he noticed that it was like a balance thing that it might have to do. And so he was like, my best chance is going to be for Josh. So he calls out Josh. And Josh tried to like get a little like sassy with Kyle. He's like, you promised me you weren't going to go, like you weren't going to pick me. But Kyle never said that. He settled like a 30% chance that Josh was going to get picked. And that was it. Honestly, it's kind of, y'all always get so like, oh my God, I didn't expect this to happen expect the unexpected with Kyle that's what you should do because that's what he has shown you guys as much as he's your friends he loves you guys he jokes on you guys expect it because it's Kyle yeah like and also it's 30 percent if not a one percent chance it's 30 that's still a whole probability and then Emmanuel was like oh yeah Kyle is scared of me shut up okay shut up be like that's not what it is okay could have been out a long time ago but they was keeping his eyes safe honestly i didn't even remember he was on the show so the fact that he kept coming with oh he's so scared of me kept doing making chicken noises like yo chill out like relax pipe down young man pipe down yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i want to say he's been carried but that's that's not what happened but he partially been carried and coddled that was it so this nation is called burning bridges and they have to build a bridge to reach a lever on the other side of the platform. And the thing is, they have to jump down the platform to get the planks to help build the bridge. But they have to hit a bell before hitting the ground. And if they do not hit the bell, they have to do the jump again. And once all the planks are on the bridge, they will walk across the bridge and pull the lever and fire will burn the bridge. And it's a very interesting name for this animation as well, given the trajectory of this episode. <laughs> and to start off, Josh is hyping himself up so much. And he's like, endurance is my game. And Nani was complimenting Josh saying like, hasn't really done well, but he's like in good shape and he's able to keep up. And Josh is also raised to St. but back home to the UK. And I'm like, okay, we'll see. Because Euro Nation track record is not great. And also, Kyle's isn't as great either, but Kyle just doesn't like stop the fight. Because, like, at this point, like, Kyle's Nation record was five and six. But compared to Josh's, who's only won one Nation out of like five, that's not a great mathematical situation either. So, you know, we'll see how this goes. Kyle's strategy is to not miss the bell because that's going to hurt you and the timing to stay ahead. And he was like, I have better speed and endurance than Josh. He's like, I just got to prove it. And when this, both of them start off way well, Kyle misses the bell first and then Josh does. And they back to back keep missing the bell. But on the fourth try to try to hit the bell, Kyle got it. And Josh really needed to help everybody to try and get through this whole nation he's like nba team at home just trying to feed off the crowd and sometimes it works in this case it didn't josh just was trying to 
like you said, feed off of everybody who was in the crowd. But I felt bad for Kyle because Kyle was like, nobody's rooting for me. I'm really doing this on my own. And it's not the fact that nobody likes Kyle. It's just the fact that I think everyone was just rooting for Josh because of the situation that had happened. But it was funny that nobody was like, absolutely nobody wanted to see Kyle back. Like they were just all like, Josh, do this, do that, do that. And Kyle was just on his lonesome. And I think that fueled Kyle because he realized like he has a child on the way he has to care for. He has a girlfriend, he has family, and he needs to do whatever he can to win. Yeah. And Devin was like, I'm not trying to really like cheer for either one because he was like, I'm not like an asshole either way. So that's why Devin was mostly quiet throughout the whole thing. But then like at one point he was trying to help Josh a little bit too. So I'm like, okay. At the 10th plank that they had, Josh had a chance to catch up to Kyle because Kyle was struggling a little bit to hit the bell. And, but all through the whole thing, Josh was being hella slow. Like he was walking and Casey was like, why the fuck are you walking? need to pick it up one point josh was i don't know the endurance that he was so-called claiming that he was ready and prepared for and josh was just taking his sweet time walking to the stairs and it's just like how bad do you really want it i just felt like josh just lost some kind of motor in in that final yeah and kyle managed to get his last plank to the end and he walked to the lever pulled it and he was like apparently there's a funeral up there because Everybody went dead silent when I won. And it was like fuck with really mourning Josh in the moment. It was like a moment of silence for Josh. And that was it. Kyle had a decision to make as per usual. You know how it goes. Person who, who wins this donation, they pick either stay on the team or dip the infiltrate to somebody else. Kyle made a decision and he looked at TJ. I feel like you look at TJ, he also just looked in the general direction of front. He was like, Logan, get off of my team now. Sapphire. And I was like, he's going back home to be with his bestie or frenemy in CT. <laughs> and just like that, Kyle and CT are reunited. And good luck to CT because I know CT is not a fan of that. So we'll he, see how that goes. Yeah, he looked pissed off, obviously, because his face was very stern. And he was like, have you learned your lesson? <laughs> I'm like, what was the lesson? What was it? Don't give this man a dad like stern look. I want to know what was the lesson that he was supposed to learn? And that is how the episode ended. There is really no no winners or losers like that that we would root for. So we are the losers, the viewers. The viewers (laughs) are the losers. Viewers are just like me and you. Yeah. So we're gonna get into these tweets from this episode that we catch on the timeline every time we watch the show. So First one is, every time Josh says he needs the money because it's life-changing, I'm just like, you forgot about all the money you won on Big Brother. How much money did he win on Big Brother? Actually, it was, I think, 200K, I think. Okay. Okay. Granted, it's not like 500K, but like he won, he won the whole thing. So it's like, you won a show before. Act like you've been here. That's mainly what it is. And then Emmanuel reading the lines, Tori had him practice in bed for his confessionals. I feel like she really did because there's no way that he can be so corny and so unfunny, just like her. Like they are really a match made in heaven. Yeah. The last one is, I don't know who the fuck Devin thinks he is. And I don't know why these people are letting him run around acting like he's a top banana. 
and that's that on that which is also funny too because like Devin had the audacity to tweet something about making an appearance on Johnny Banana's podcast and Johnny was like well I didn't even invite you on so what are you doing basically (laughs) yeah that was embarrassing like that's so thirsty of Devin to even do like the man didn't even invite you on the show you inviting yourself on the show come on cut it out yeah and that is all the tweets from this episode out of all this reading people just drag everybody got dragged in some way and it was just funny (laughs) this episode was really hard to watch and I did myself a disservice by watching all stars first before I watched this show so I think my expectations were just shot to hell because by the time I watched this show completely over it in like minute three and just the drama that was not there at all I'm not excited to see Tori and Bevan argue about an apology next week. I just wish it was over. Like, just cut the cord, cut the head off the snake, (laughs) and just kill it already. I just wish it would die. But we will be back next week. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) To watch. Yeah, because we got about five more episodes left of the season if we're doing an episode. If it's about to be 20 episodes, but I got five more. So buckle up, (laughs) y'all. Buckle the fuck up. Before we end this show, I just wanted to make a mention of something that happened on social media this week with one of the former cast members in Leroy and his experience dealing with the challenge and the racist remarks that were hurled at him, not only in that episode, but in multiple of scenes during that season. And just the racial remarks that have been pretty much thrown under the rug by MTV for the most part and especially after what happened last week where you know Ashley was DQ'd immediately and it was just such a fast reaction shout out to Leeward for even coming out to speak on what had happened and him coming to terms with everything that happened that season I'm glad that he was able to move past it to learn past some of his mistakes and even handling the situation at the time and also just growing as a person and how it has helped shape him in the man he's becoming so thank you Leroy for exposing you know the world to this and also to the other cast members who were going through similar things whether it was Simone whether it was Tyree Tyree yeah it's just so many things that are coming out now that I'm happy that they are but I'm also just offended that it wasn't corrected in the moment and there's some things that still aren't corrected because of things that will happen in future seasons of shows but it's a start. I hope that besides the tweets that whatever social intern that works at MTV <laughs> wrote, I just hope that we get a little bit something that's less performative in the future and more proactive and retroactive in dealing with these kind of issues because not only does this affect someone in how they interact with other people in the future, but just also it gives people an okay to continue their behavior. And it's not okay. This is, like Leroy said, learned behavior. And it's something that needs to be addressed and corrected. So hopefully we get more diversity, not only just the cast that we've been seeing in the past couple of seasons, but also in the production staff and people who are calling the shots on these shows, because that's where it also starts, where voices are being heard and things are being addressed more coherently than they have been in the past. Megan, do you have anything to add to that? No, because I was going to make a joke, but I didn't. It's okay. (laughs) I mean, you can lighten the mood. Make the joke. What is it? 
what are anti-racism classes? That's just my question. That's such a loaded question. And I truly don't know. For those who don't know what Megan is (laughs) making a mention of, the person who attacks Leroy, not only Leroy, but past cast members too, such as Nelson and Brendan, and said racial epithets to them she came out to kind of debunk her being racist yeah ultimately and she said that she took anti-racism courses however there was no certification that was shown to show to show that this was even done and it was funny too because part of her live she did mention that like people were telling her, you know, like what what what's wrong with you? Like why would you even do this? And she's pretty much asking them, like, well, what do you want me to do? Like I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. How about you stop talking about someone's color? How about you <laughs> stop being prejudiced to someone because of who they are, and stop being threatened? That's where you can start, ma'am. The tears were unnecessary. I felt like they were so empty and just devoid of actual. <laughs> it, it was, was just so bad. horrible to watch it, it it just it was disgusting yeah also okay I do that something seriously I do also do apply Simone and Tyree because Simone's story has been out there ever since she's left the show and both her and Tyree they've both made statements and comments and stuff about Leroy in defense of him and like that because they were trying to say like where was he when stuff was happening to them I would say he didn't have the bandwidth to do so back then because one, he was still trying to get a check. Two. Okay, Megan, I love you, but that is not, that is not a valid argument. I don't care if he did or did not. That's not an excuse. Yeah. Okay. That's not a point. Yeah. Sorry. No. Scratch that point. Yeah. Not that point. (laughs) Next point is, main point is he didn't really have the bandwidth to really call out what was going on back then because he, he was scary like he didn't really know like how to even speak for his own self like that when the situation in Camilla happened so it took time for him to realize okay I need to do better not only for myself but in the future help call out these things in a more productive way that's just really it and I completely understand that some people are not equipped to handle that kind of position and and they don't know what to do with that power I would just say to those people just don't make it okay for it to be continued behavior for others to have to deal with one thing about how Leroy has dealt with it I don't want to pile on to Leroy and his experience with it but Leroy has been a part of the pack that really has been up Johnny Banana's ass I'm gonna just say it so It's hard for me to understand how in that moment he wouldn't stand up for them because he didn't really know what the magnitude of what was happening in the moment, how to even handle it because he didn't even realize what it was. And like I said, I am happy that he has now learned of how that affected him, how it can affect other people and really how it affects our country and how we just move as a society where things like that happen. And I am happy that he is being able to speak on it now. For those people who experienced that in that moment, I would just, I just hope that they're able also to heal forward like he has. That's just the only thing my takeaway from him speaking on it now and those people speaking about Leroy and how he handled the situation at that time. Yeah, that's really, yeah, that's really it. Yeah, I have no other thoughts, but I concur. Okay. <laughs> 
that's it for this episode of Dual Alliance. We will be back next week to discuss more of Spies, Lives, and Allies. You can follow our Twitter page at Dual Alliance Pod, where we speak about the show. You can interact with us, uh, tweet us, questions, comments, concerns. You can follow our personal pages at Megs and Himes. And at if underscore S5. Follow our YouTube page <laughs> at Dual Alliance Pod on YouTube. And we'll see you next week. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, guys.